Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I have a true queen, an icon, and a legend on the show today. We have Lisa Ann Walter. Of course, we know you from movies like The Parent Trap. Uh, You're starring in Abbott Elementary, which I believe is the best show on TV right now. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's so good. I have so many things that I want to talk to you about. But first of all, how are you doing today, Lisa? Doing so great. I'm so happy to be here talking to you, Danny. I love looking at all of your stuff online. I love following what you're into. It usually is the same stuff I'm into. So the fact that you're like, I love, I'm obsessed with Abbott and your stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I am deeply complimented. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I feel like my generation, we grew up with you, of course, as Chessie on The Parent Trap, but then there are so many other roles and and I want to start, I'm just going to start with your first feature film role, which is an underrated movie to me. It's the movie Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And I'm like, you said that and I went, oh yeah, of course. I know what it was. (laughs) And I'm so curious, that was your first feature film role, right? It it was. And it was sort of bizarre in that, um, you know, I... I had a big career as a stand-up, which a lot of people don't even know. It was a it was a pretty big career that I had traveling all over the country and headlining. So when I got offered, now this is back in the day. Now people are used to female comics. So they're like, you know, you go to a comedy club and, and I'm back to doing stand-up now. And I'll go in and I'll I walk in, kind of giving them her. And I'm like, hi, the girl comic is here. Cause it's still one woman and there'll be five guys. But back then, there were like 25 female comics in the country. And so it was a really, it was a great time for me to get that voice out there, the comedic voice of being, uh, my act was all about the balancing act that all that juggling that women do when they're working moms, you know, raise a family, find a cure for cancer, have a flat stomach, who the F can do it all. Too much. And that's why we're entering bitches. It's not our period, <laughs> bitches all the time. So that was kind of the voice of the show. And I got offered to star in TV shows. So I came out to LA already with an offer to like, okay, what show do you want to do on Fox? So then I, when I got out here, the second show was with ABC, which was a show called Life's Work. And while we were gearing that up, it was the year that Disney bought ABC. So there was a lot of like, Okay, so, you know, you're, oh, you're in an ABC show? Well, we got this movie with Whoopi, who I worshipped, I mean, loved. And they're like, yeah, you're going to go in to play your best friend. I never in a million years thought I was going to get it. That era, specifically of Whoopi's career, where she was headlining these huge projects, uh, it must have been so exciting to be able to, to join one of those. That was the era of before... um Judd Apatow did Bridesmaids and there was kind of a resurgence of, oh yeah, women can be funny. There was a whole decade. I wrote a big paper about it called Where Have All the Funny Women Gone? Because when I was growing up, you had Bette, Goldie, Whoopi, 
You had a bunch of women starring in projects. They were the draw and they were the comedy draw. And then you went 20 years and there was nothing. They finally did. I remember talking to Annie Potts about this at her house. They finally did um, First Wives Club. And they one of the greatest movies of all time. Greatest of all time. Best written, uh, starring grown up, as I like to call us, grown ass women having a grown ass woman experience. And they did it. And it was a monster hit because who knew women like to see themselves represented? And then they never made another one. And it was just disgusting to me too, because the the, three leads have said multiple times they wanted to do another one, but they wouldn't pay them to do another one. And first wives club made over a hundred million dollars. It made a ton of money. I mean, you know, when, um, so way back then, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around and it's like, wait, questions, but you're answering all the ones that I had before I get a chance to ask them. Um, when when Elaine Hendricks, who was Meredith in Parent Trap, and I met, we started a friendship the night we met that has not stopped. Best friends. I mean, she's my best friend. I'm her best friend. We're besties. That's it. We'll, Love that. we'll retire and die together somewhere. Because what? And you I'm met on the Parent Trap. Is that where you met? First yeah. night. First night that we shot the movie on location in Napa. We went to Marie Calendar. I had just quit drinking. I ate a pie. She ate a salad. She watched me eat a pie. Um, and we just... What kind of pie was it, Lisa? I need to know. Lemon meringue. Lemon meringue. Okay. Okay. So we started a friendship. And then while we were there, we shot a picture. I'll send it to you. It's For us, it's iconic. Of us, we took on these characters that we call trailer trash. Because, you know, there's always trailers on a, on a movie set. And there were, we were so exhausted waiting for you know when they were doing the technology it was very new of shooting one side for Lindsay and then reversing it and shooting the entire other side so that they could make it look like identical twins and we would wait all day and we would get bored so we just put these slips on and started talking like this I, I grabbed a cigarette from someone and I was like bitch I didn't kill him but I ain't sorry he's dead you know stuff like that we would just like mess around in these horrifying, you know, she put curlers <laughs> in and the set photographer came by and took a picture and we, we have it. Each of us has a copy in our house. It's our bestie picture. And we decided to write a movie based on this dumb picture. It inspired this movie. And it was a girl. We called it the chick buddy flick because there were no movies about female friendship. Your young audience is going to think I'm lying. I am not lying. There was not one. And I went, what are we waiting for? We'll write it. So we wrote it. Nobody would buy it. And we were both uh, big names at the time. Um, I mean, we had got offers to do all sorts of deals and whatnot, but they didn't buy it because those movies weren't being made. And disgusting. we kept pounding away at it for until, you know, we got too old for the story that we wrote. But um, finally, they started doing them, and and we were seriously grateful. Yes. Well, as a gay man, it's like those are the movies that I like the most. I mean, Elaine was in uh, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, which is one of the classics of something that lives on forever. And that's a movie. I think it was successful financially as well, but it's not only that, but long term. And that's another movie where I've read Lisa Kudrow has said they have a script. They wanted to do another one and they wouldn't pay them the money to do it. And it's like, no, it's, man. Just, it's not out misogyny. It's like literally we get to make 
And as stars, it's worse. You get to make, forget 73 cents on the guy's dollar. And if you're a woman of color, even less, it's like 50 cents on the guy's dollar. I always say that if it wasn't for multiple orgasms, being a woman would just be (laughs) top to bottom. It's like in that way, boom, we got you. I'm getting off track, Lisa, but I also read that you were married to a gay man and I need to know, were there signs? What did you, were there signs? So the joke version of this story is I have four children because my vagina is a clown car uh, and two ex-husbands. The first one, lovely Jewish man turned out to be gay. Whoops. Second one, a cheater, which is not technically a religion, but he practiced it like it was. Um, the Were there signs? Absolutely not. He's, he's a guy from... Massachusetts. He's a guy and he's not like wearing uh, work boots as a, you know, a sign with a hanky in his back pocket. It's like, he's not a village person, work boot guy. He dresses like, because he dresses like, I don't know if we're allowed to. Yeah, like you that. can. Fuck. Yeah. You can say whatever yeah, you want. Okay, just like shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I literally just bought him for this past Christmas. I'm like, here's your uniform for if we go somewhere <laughs> to eat for dinner. You cannot wear your crappy Patriot sweatshirt with holes in it <laughs> and jeans that like don't show anybody's body. Like you have to wear these nice pants and this cashmere sweater. Go. That's your outfit. Um, he's my best friend. I love that. He's, besides Elaine. He's my best friend. We spend every weekend together. He brings his stuff over. He spends night. We watch 90 Day Fiance. Call it a day. We're, I love we're that. Back. I um, love that. I, I think, honestly, no, there were no signs. But when he started to tell me about it, I'm like, I didn't want to. I didn't deny his truth. I was just like, I can't. He wanted to stay married. And I'm like, you have to live your. I was the one that was like. No, you've been knowing this about yourself since you were 18 and you haven't like done anything about this. You have to go figure that out because I'm not trying to make you not who you are at, so that you don't find your happiness. Like you've got to go because I know what I knew that I wanted to since I was 18. Imagine if I hadn't gotten it, how cranky yeah. I was. Right. I mean, I'm already cranky. Yeah. So <laughs> we just, we, there was not like a really big to do about it. Although it's really interesting when, you know, because I'm not the only one that happened to Fran Drescher. Like famously, I think women with big personalities might attract guys who aren't put off by it. You know what mm. I mean? So that maybe that's part of it. We always had great sex. It wasn't a question of sex. I mean, he's more bi. There's, I don't think that it's like one or the other. I think he prefers a sexual relationship with dudes and a, a, a emotional relationship with women but that has to do with him not completely being embracing. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, wouldn't, he didn't want the kids to know we had two kids together and he didn't want them to know until our son was older because he was afraid it would change our son's concept of who he is. And Danny, not a, these kids in these generations. I mean, it's different. So, they have such an acceptance and the kids were like, and I it, honestly, I got to tell you, the only thing that created a problem in our relationship was I felt like people are going to think I came out here. I hit it on some level as an actor. And I like dumped my original, the guy who was with me from the beginning that I had a baby with the year after college. And he was my manager for stand up. No, I didn't. I did not dump him. I'm loyal. I would have stayed with them till the end. You know, when they say for better or worse, they're not talking about burning the toast, but there is some places I draw the line. And that- <laughs> Yeah, you got to draw the line. And I'm glad it's nice that you seem to have a good relationship and everything. That's amazing. And yeah, I just, I had, I was in doing my research and I watched an interview and I just had to hear a little bit about that. Uh, 
Okay, back to your career. Of course, yeah. I want to ask you something about the parent trap, but I was like, I got to ask. I mean, I feel like you've been asked every question about the parent trap. Like, what could I ask? And I think what I'm most fascinated by is I love Nancy Myers. I, I think she's so underrated as a director and she's so brilliant. And I oftentimes the conversation around her gets reduced to her kitchens, which are amazing. Her, her kitchens her looks entirely, the wardrobe, you know, I get so many, I'm going to let you ask your question. I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to say this about that before I forget, Nancy is so clear on her visuals. That's once part of it. She's very clear about it. So when people, the whole Chessie look has become very iconic in the last, look, I put this years. on for you. Thank like you. I put this Jean denim on for you. Yes. I appreciate the homage. <laughs> Dressing up like Chessie for Halloween. I actually did it. I went to Drag Queen Bingo like two years ago before we shut down and here in LA. And I dressed as hot Chessie. I wore oh. like hot pants and like giant platforms and like tied up my jean shirt. It was very I love funny. it. But it was funny. Um, it's great that people love the look, but at the time I was like, wow, this is like so Hamptons, like it's very white lady, and it's something I, I was wasn't used to, but she was very clear and all of it became so iconic. And she was hands-on with all of that. It's not just somebody sitting with a newspaper, the corner of the newspaper can't fall. It has to be up. It is everybody's look, what their hair represents, what that says about the character. And that's one piece of it. The genius of her is that there's emotional truth. You can have that look and it can look like a world that you want to keep revisiting when it comes on TV. You stop and you let it play while you're cleaning because you've seen it 8,000 times. So you don't even have to watch. You just listen and you know where it is in the movie. And you feel, I think what people respond to with Parent Trap is they feel comforted. They feel Mm -hmm. safe. I get so many kids and incredibly and amazingly a lot of kids from the queer community that reach out and say, I did not feel accepted and loved. Your character made me feel that. And a lot of kids insisting that Chessie is gay and Martin's gay and their marriage was just a, 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 a beard marriage. And I, I fine. Okay. You know, whatever you, you want to have, as long as you feel accepted and loved and like you're seen and valuable, I'm on board. They really are. It really is a comfort movie. It's like a warm hug is, are there some movies that you watch when they're on TV that feel like that for you? Like, oh, what are they? Um, well, with Nancy's movies, getting back to Nancy, who I absolutely agree with you that she doesn't get recognition for making it's it says. And again, it's like saying we didn't want to pay these women who did First Wives Club because the writer wanted to do another one. I remember talking to Annie Potts about it. The writer was there. We discussed it. They don't want to acknowledge and value movies if they are if they are embraced by and mm-hmm. resonate emotionally with women. It's devalued or undervalued. Um, so it's just like some of the comedies like Bridesmaids. You know, it's not as people don't go apeshit over it like they do for your old virgin or some of the dude comedies. Like we know that they do, but it's not reflected in awards. I think Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy should get every award. Yeah. So for like the heat. I mean, it's brilliant. Her yeah. and Senator Bullock, brilliant. Um, I watch Nancy's movies. I watch the original Overboard. So no good. matter when it comes on, at what point in the movie, I'm in. Arturo! So <laughs> like, good. I'm in. 
Yeah. Um, 100%. And talk about costumes too. Goldie's costumes in that movie. I mean, it's just, yeah. Giant dress. So good. (laughs) Was I fat? I mean, (laughs) just hilarious. Um, And then I have like a weird collection of movies. My daughter always watched Jerry Maguire to go to sleep. Love Jerry Maguire. Is that like a weird movie to go watch? No, No, I I I could go to sleep to it. I love Jerry Maguire. And it also includes one of my favorite actresses of all time, Bonnie Hunt, in that movie. Is, is Do you know, you want to hear a little um, secret? This nobody's heard in an interview. Yeah. I was pinned for that role for over a month. <sighs> Wait, okay. So for the Bonnie Hunt role in Jerry Maguire. I was pinned for the, I met with Cameron Crowe. I did the whole thing where they wanted me to improv, like meeting Tom for the first time. And, you know, at that time in my career, it was very young in my career. It was like during my first sitcom, I had no fear. I smoked in the audition. Like people smoked inside back then, people. I wasn't like insane. Um, And he loved it. And I totally like mirrored like a Tom Cruise thing. Like when he came in, like I was making fun of him. And it's funny because years later, I had to audition for... Steven Spielberg. I'm like dropping names like this. I love it. I um, live for it. Please. I had to I had to audition for a Spielberg movie starring Tom Cruise, War of the Worlds, which I wound up doing, improving the entire scene because they didn't have a script yet. It was for War of the Worlds. They wrote it and did pre-production in three months. A movie that you think about that movie, they rebuilt Elizabeth, New Jersey and made this town. It was insane. So they didn't have a script and they were like, you're a bartender. You're flirting with Tom. So I'm like pouring beer and like, geez, I got to go on a diet. Look at that. My God. And then they're like leaning over and having cleavage. And it, oh we had a whole scene in a bar where it's clear that we go home and uh, 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 uh. you and Tom and War of the Worlds. Yeah. yeah. And then I meet him again later at the bridge. And I'm like, so when you were doing, when you were uh, auditioning with Jerry Maguire, did you ever audition with him? Did you? Chemistry never or any of that? Never with Tom. And again, and when I did the Spielberg, it was just on tape. So when we went to go shoot it, he d- he was like, you know that thing you did in the audition? D- I want you to do those lines when we come back. And he could see the panic in my face because I'm already on set for the first time with Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise, at that time, arguably the two biggest the director and movie star in the world. And all I could think was he was talking to me and all I could hear was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, Tom Cruise, oh, my God, oh, my God, Steven Spielberg. My brain was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Sure. So he goes, don't worry, I'll print it at lunch when we come back you can do it. Um, but I didn't get to meet them ahead of time. Never got to meet Tom with Cameron Crowe, but Cameron loved me, which is why they pinned me for the sister role. And then they cast Renee and they said, I think they thought it felt too East coast, but what's hilarious is that I look more like Renee Zellweger. I mean, people have said that my whole career that I look like her. We both have full lips little squinty eyes. Um, but Bonnie's magnificent in the role. Not that she should, she was perfect. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's perfect. Like I can't imagine anybody else, but I just think it's funny. Well, it. And I'm trying to remember because Bonnie has been on this show before. And I, I, I hope I don't want to misquote, but I thought she had said she initially at one point had tested with maybe Tom Hanks as the Renee character, I think even earlier. And then, 
As the Jerry character, you mean Jerry Maguire? Yeah, I think Tom Hanks was maybe supposed to be the Jerry Maguire character. Maybe I misquoted. When when they when I went in and met with Cameron, he was like, "It's Tom." Tom Was already in there. It's Tom. You open the door, and Tom and I'm like, "He's doing smile." He's going. But wait, I have. I also think that was the hottest Tom has ever looked. Tom Cruise was in Jerry Maguire to me. I think he just was like so handsome. Um, but I want to know, okay, so you have this role in War I, of the World. I've a couple of hot guys, by the way. I know. <laughs> well, you've been with all these huge stars, and I have a question related to that. But before that, I need to know, War of the Worlds comes out, and that's like an infamous press tour that Tom Cruise did for War of the Worlds. Like, that was the Oprah couch jumping. That yeah. was the Matt Lauer fight. Yeah. And I'm, what was your kind of, were you watching all of that? obviously you, you have a small role in the film, but were you like, what the fuck is he doing? Or like, what were you thinking? I'm going to tell you a couple of things about Mr. Tom Cruise. If you will indulge me, please. First of all, there's a reason why that guy has been maintained being a top, like top tier, top 15, top 10, top one movie star for decades. And it's because he is universally loved on every set this is a guy, I'm going to reduce the story real quick. If you want to read the long version, go buy my book. It's called it's The Best Thing About My Ass Is That It's Behind Me. You can read the whole four-page story. But I, when I got home from shooting the first scene in the bar, they had already looked at dailies and had decided that him stopping to bone this trashy barmaid, and that's why he's late to meet his kids at the very beginning of the movie when the car is like swerving down the street, like, oh my God, I'm late. It's because he's with me, banging me. And it made him look like a bad father in the first five minutes of the movie. And they already knew they probably weren't going to use it, but they loved me because I was funny and I made him laugh. And I was honest. Like at one point when we were shooting, I went like, oh my God, I went up because it's Steven Spielberg going, Lisa, okay, you're going to stand here. You're going to do this. You're going to go for that line. You're going to change the channel. You're going to come back. And on this line, he's going to say this to you. You're going to turn around. You're going to get him a beer. When you turn back, he's going to finish the seas. Go. And I'm like, look at Steven Spielberg. And so I totally froze and I went to, I did it at the wrong point. And I went, I think I did it at the wrong time. And Tom goes, come here. See that guy in the hat in Video Village? That's Steven Spielberg. Um, he's the one who says cut. Like, it's he. and I could, feel the, I could feel the red coming from my feet all the way up <laughs> my body until I got to here. And he's like, I'm just taking the piss out of you. And I went, I'm on set with Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise. There's no piss. You don't have to take anything out. There's no piss here. No, pissless. There's nothing happening. So he was like, oh my God, you're so cute. Spielberg's pinching my feet. They called to have me do this scene at the boat. And they said, bring one of your kids. Because we were talking about our kids. Tom's talking about his. I'm talking about mine. And it was my daughter was just getting ready to turn 13. And um, or it was her 13th birthday that week. And because my ex-husband's Jewish, my oldest two are raised Jewish. She was having her bat mitzvah, which I know nothing about, except there's a video at the beginning. And the video better feature Tom Cruise opening it because it'll be the best bat mitzvah video. So I had a camera in my purse, on my set purse. And we're in freezing, freezing cold weather. He's like, oh, my God, yes, I'll shoot whatever you want. He's shooting it. We are surrounded by two or 3,000 extras. There are people panicking on set. People are having hyperventilation because they're getting crushed. 
He stops everything, won't go back to one. He goes to some girl who's an, an extra and he's like, where are you going to school? Oh, you're doing this when you're on for vacation? Yeah, tell me about it. Talks her off the ledge, calms her down. She's fine. Now Tom is going back to one. We get rushed. He goes over to the other side of the, of the boat. We get crushed by the people around us. My daughter and I were still running and we get stopped by Daniel Francesi with a gun in my hip. Because I said, Wait, that's Daniel Francesi in there? That's Daniel Francesi. No way. For, for those of you at home, she doesn't even go here. Yeah, he's Damien from Mean Girls. Exactly. Okay. So I said, you better stop me because this is my actual daughter and I will get past you to get on that boat. I'm giving it. Spielberg's direct to me. I'm going. Right? So he goes, all right. He gun butts me. I have a bruise like this. My daughter, they're like beautiful, perfect. I'm screaming, take Nora! I named her Nora because my best friend from college is Nora and uh, Spielberg's best friend was Nora Ephron. So take her, holding her up. Perfect cut. He's screaming from the, from the Hudson River. Perfect take. And then I hear flag. And it's like the girl, Janusz Kaminski is his DP. The girl, the little girl. I look down, my daughter's got blood running down <sighs> her face like this. I look up, Tom Cruise repels down the side of the boat, jumps next to me and is like, Whoa. What happened? Oh my God, we got to get this on tape. You can sue them. You can get a million dollars. Here, give me your give me your video, Lisa. Yeah, look, I broke my nose when I was wrestling. It's not like just easing her pain. Yeah. I'm like, Tom Cruise is the nicest guy in the world. Nobody can convince me otherwise. We knew he knew everything about all four of my kids. He had just seen a screener of Shall We Dance, which wasn't out yet. He loved my character. And when we got to the red carpet for War of the Worlds, he goes, Lisa, look what I've been doing. Because I said, yeah, you got to learn uh, ballroom because the man gets to be the boss. He grabs Katie Holmes and he's like, look what I can do. Twirls her, dips her. And he's like, I've been taking lessons. He's a little nutty. I, I loved him. Yeah, I loved him. We got to take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors. And we'll be back with more with Lisa and Walter. Also find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to pre-order my book, you can get it now. It's called How Do I Unremember This? out March 8th. Pre-order from your local bookstore or from the link in the episode description. It's available at all major retailers. I want to thank Acast. We'll be right back with more. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. War of the Worlds, I just rewatched it. And you mentioned Dana Francesi, but also there's a, a rumor that Channing Tatum was like an extra in it as well. There, I think his, or he, his scene got cut or something. It's online. You can see like a screen grab of it. Do you know that I did a movie, it won't be in anything that anybody's ever seen, called Get Your Stuff, which anybody who knows My Favorite Martian, the TV show, it's probably on me TV, it's Ray Walston, who was a Broadway star back in the day, kiddies. But he was an actor on, in big movies, and it was his last movie. He was really old. He was so old he couldn't eat the cheap lunch that because it was a real kind of low-budget movie. That he couldn't eat the food they were making for him. I would bring him like baked ziti and meatballs from home so he would eat. But the the it was his last movie, and you know whose first movie it was? John Hamm <sighs> played a cop who stood wow. next to me, but I didn't know he was John Hamm at the time. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I could hear a million stories Sorry, about War of the Worlds, but I I know, but I. You also were in Bruce M. Almighty with Jennifer Aniston and Jim Carrey. You've done these really huge movies, Shall We Dance, with J-Lo and Richard Gere. And I'm wondering, what did you, what have you learned? You've worked alongside some of the biggest stars ever. Like, we're not even just talking A-list. We're talking Jim Carrey at the height of his powers. We're talking yeah. Whoopi Goldberg at the height of her power. Like, what did you learn about that sort of level of fame? Does that make any sense? Like, did you... Yes. Um, no, it makes a lot of sense because it was not lost on me at the time because I was a fan. I knew ex I, I was a fan of these people. I would go pay money. I bought tickets to see their movies. I would sit and like fangirl over Richard Gere. When I first met him and got into ballroom hold, which is anybody who's ever danced ballroom, you are connected, boob to crotch, slammed up, crushed against who was arguably the hottest, one of the yeah. hottest actors working. I've wanted to be boobed to crotch to Richard Gere a time or two in my life, for it's sure. <laughs> I was like, and he was like, you don't have to shake. I was shaking. He was like, you already got the job, honey. Just take, relax. And I went, I am boobed to crotch on an officer and a gigolo right now. And they are making me gain weight. I'm feeling extremely uncomfortable with my They body. made you gain weight? Yeah, they made me gain weight for Shall We Dance. They wanted me to be heavy. Impossible. It was what made me come up with the idea for the TV show, Dance Your Ass Off. That's why I created that show, because I, I ate 10,000 calories a day. And because I was dancing, having dance practice all day with like Tony Dobolani and Karina Smirnoff, all these Dancing with the Stars actors or dancers, 
I couldn't put on weight. It was impossible. But here's what I learned watching them. The ones who had longevity were not just professional and showed up and did their job. They were kind. These were kind. They were nice people. I had heard stuff about Jennifer Lopez before I went on that set. And I never saw a second of any of that garbage people talked about. People like to talk. And I I saw her be nice. I, she waited around. On We shot on my birthday and she got released at like 9 p.m. She waited around till midnight so that she could be there when they wheeled a cake onto the set and sing happy birthday to me. I, I mean, I she that. included the dancers when people go out to dinner. A lot of times people forget the dancers because they're not valued in our industry. It's like you're a slab of meat. But she, I mean, anybody who's a dancer knows it is the discipline that you have to work the hardest at to maintain. And she valued them and included them. And I just think from all of them, from Richard Gere, who looked out for everybody that was lower than him on the on the call sheet, every everybody that was around him, he would not tolerate people being mean to anybody. And it's just a, the people that are usually obnoxious are the people that are insecure with their position. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll see young actors, like I've said about, you know, I, I, it was Dakota Fanning's first movie was War of the Worlds. I worked with Lindsay on her breakout. I worked with, um, Who's the other one? There's another one. Kiki Palmer, I was developing some stuff with it when she first moved out here. And I always say everybody gets a, a, the opportunity to be a jerk for two years. If you're young and you make it in this business, you can be an asshole for two years and then you got to calm down. But, you know, that's I think the people that are comfortable and that feel secure, they're never mean yeah. because they, who you meet on the way up is who you're going to meet on the way down. Who this is a superficial question, but who was the most attractive person out of all of those people, like male or female? Like who do you like- say truly? Jennifer Lopez glows for yeah. real. You look at her on a set from across the room, and I'm like this next to Richard uh, Jenkins, or I'm like, is she? Is she? Being, is she like lit? shining a light? Or like, is she like Jesus? She's like <laughs> glowing with from behind. You it just a light pops off of her. It's like what people used to say about Marilyn Monroe, that she reflected light. And so it looked when she like she was lit from within. That's Jennifer. And she smells unbelievable. I, the first day we worked together in rehearsal, I walked by her and I was like, oh, oh, my God, is that you? And she was like, yeah. Was that during the the first Ben that, era? It was, was the it? first Ben era. And I was like, okay. I want to lick you, A, and I don't even say that to girls. Often, um, but she was like, I said, What are you wearing? She goes, Me, and I'm like, All right, and she goes, No, it's my cologne. And then the next day in my trailer, the entire set of still or glow, glow, yeah, set of of everything that 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 was under that brand. First, Ben era, he was on set on the day. If nobody's seen that movie, I urge you to watch it. It's a wonderful movie. Shall we dance? Shall we dance? Uh, it's a wonderful movie. People and, have seen it. Yeah. And I, I in in uh, the big ballroom competition scene, my character who keeps joking about her ass, part of the reason I got the job, I, I knew how to ballroom dance because I trained growing up. Not not as a professional. I taught at Arthur Murray because I did disco dancing in DC. Like, don't get it twisted. But I turned around and I was like, okay, 
I, I can do this. I can do that. And look at my ass. It's, it's, it's J-Lo size. We got, you know, we got silly and coolie here. And um, I think that's part of the reason I got the job anyway. <laughs> so, I love it. But there was a big thing about the character's ass. And then in that big competition scene, she loses her skirt. He steps on it. Richard Gere steps on it. And she loses her skirt. So on that day, I look over the first time I did it. It was beautifully acted, I might add. Because I was horrified. I'm in front of, you know, 3,000 extras or something. We're in, in seats. And Ben Affleck is standing on the side. And then they said something about somebody else was going to stop by later. Uh, and Richard Gere is there. Hello, it's in front of Richard Gere. I got like Richard how wild. Like, oh, I know what it was. Russell Crowe was in town shooting something else. We were in Canada. And I went, why don't you just get Russell down here to see my fat ass? Like, I'm going to put it on display in front of everybody. Like, get him in here. And Richard said to me, because I was horrified. And, oh, Extra was shooting. Extra was there. Of course. Yeah. And I'm like red. And he goes, what's up? And I went, Extra's here. And he goes, give me one minute. Goes away. Comes back. Goes, they're leaving. They won't be back. I'm like, I, I'm, I'd kill for you. I'm just going to kill for you. And, but it was. It was embarrassing. It was in front of Ben. Richard Gere, I just read this book about rom-coms and it made me sort of go back and watch a lot of the classics. I, of course, rewatch Pretty Woman, which he's just, stu- he, he's stunning in it. I mean, and you mentioned, I think, American Gigolo. He's like, I mean, the way he looks, it's like blindingly handsome. I have his, I had those eight by tens from that movie because back in the day you could like, it's not like you're on Hollywood Boulevard. You had to go someplace really special to get pictures of Richard Gere. They were glossies. And I have the one with the shirt open from American Gigolo. His chest was smooth. Oh. And it was like, it was like yeah. carved out of so hot granite. I had those on my bedroom wall when yeah. I was in high school and college. Like I was all in on Richard Gere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I got to touch him. Okay, wait. So you mentioned Jerry Maguire. Had there been any other roles that you were like close to getting or something that you wanted really bad that you, you, you know, I had auditioned for? Like, I'm sure there's a, a handful of. Yeah. You know what? I'm trying to think movie wise if I, if there is. And here's the thing. So a lot of times you don't know because in those years, which were kind of my, I mean, I was playing a little bit older, but it was late 30s, I want to say. Late 30s, right into the beginning of my 40s. Um, I was getting roles that they weren't offers necessarily. I mean, a lot of times I would go in and audition, but they might have had me in mind. And then they don't write as many roles for women as they get much older than that. So maybe there were some where they went, yeah, but we want someone. I remember when Catherine Hahn started working in movies. And so a bunch of you guys look it. so much alike too. It's, you know, what's funny. Yeah. I saw her at this political event in town and she was like, I was like, Hey, and she was like, Oh my God. And we took pictures and she goes, you know, my son insists that it's me in the parent trap. Like he will not hear that. It's not me. And I'm like, yeah, no, it does put sure. phone him. But um, as she started to get work, friends would text me and say, somebody's getting your jobs now. You know, and it's Catherine Hahn. And I went, no, they're her jobs now. They were my jobs. Now they're her jobs. And she's fantastic. So God bless. But I, the other way it worked um, once, which was uh, something sort of towards the end of uh, all these big movies that I was doing, I booked a job at the movie Killers with Ashton Kutcher and, K- and Katie Heigl, and Catherine Heigl. And I had auditioned for the part of a like nosy neighbor 
and they said, okay, so you, you got the job, you're playing Olivia, blah, blah, blah. And I went, did they change her name? Cause I don't think that was the name. And okay, I guess they changed her name. I go to location in Atlanta and they show me the wardrobe and it's all heels, like stacked platforms, mini skirts, bustiers. And I went, holy shit, I'm playing the cougar assassin. I'm playing a different role than what I auditioned for. They just gave, I never auditioned for it. They just gave me that other role. And it was awesome because I got to do a lot of crazy. I had yeah. never gotten a job where I got to like stunt drive a car and shoot a clock. And I, it was great. That's amazing. And what was, you don't, oh, you don't know. Cause they don't tell you. Yeah. They and what was Catherine Heigl like? Because of course, infamously, I, I very strongly defend Catherine Heigl because I always felt like the, the punishment never fit the crime with her. I mean, and if you go back and listen to some of the things that she had said that people really dragged her for, she had said knocked up was a little bit sexist, which it I is a little that. bit. I it is, yeah. I'm like, in what universe is a Seth Rogen like, oh, I got to marry this broad? Are you? kidding (laughs) it was and you know there was a few instances and yeah some of the things maybe i just thought it was rude that they made it the big joke was look how a woman's vagina looks when she's having a baby i'm like really that tired which by the way i just read in this book that i was mentioning i can't even remember the name of it so now i feel bad that i keep mentioning it but in the book apparently anne hathaway was supposed to play that role and knocked up and she didn't want to show she didn't want to do that scene and so uh, they had to go with someone else sort of at the last minute. And that's how Catherine Heigl got the role. But so she was, nice, so you liked her. You liked working with her. I loved her. Yeah. I loved her. I got along famously. Well, first of all, I, not only her, I got to, I walked into a trailer and Catherine O'Hara was sitting there, which is. I mean, come on. Creek people. This is before you all discovered her out in the world. This girl was a fan of SCTV as a teenager. I loved it more than. SNL. I was a SCTV girl. So her and Eugene Levy together, I'm old school on that. So I went in, I don't know if you remember SCTV, but she yeah. played like a character called um, Lola Heatherton, who was based on Lola Falana and Joey Heatherton. And she we had these, this line, I want to have all your babies. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> the most amazing, crazy character and I loved her. And I went into the makeup trailer and there she was sitting. And I was like this to her person. Can I talk to her? I want to talk to her. Can I say hi? And she's already looking in the mirror like, who's this crazy bitch? And I was like, I'm such a huge fan. I'm so sorry to bother you, but I just want to let you know I'm such a huge fan. I embarrassed myself. But she's, really- come on. She's the best. Like, she's the best. She's the yeah. best. She's Canadian. I needed to dial it way back. But Catherine, wonderful. And I know what you're talking about because she has a tendency because she was raised by a feminist and she's very, very smart. And she does what I'm guilty of, which is she says what she thinks. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. A lot of times women in this business don't do. So like on that movie, she would say stuff like, Oh my God, this is taking forever. Please God remind me never to do another action movie. This is like so boring. And she wasn't saying it to be a bitch or to be like cranky. She was literally just like, I want to do something. So yeah. instead of like being insulted by it, I would just jump in front of her and be like, this Heidel needs to be entertained. <laughs> and I would like do a time step and, and just joke around with yeah. her. 
you know, have a good time. And there was also something really troubling about how many times she was asked to apologize for some of her comments. It was like interview after interview, she had to do press tours apologizing for the same comment about knocked up or, or the situation with Grey's Anatomy. And, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, Lisa, I've kept you for way too long and I got to get to Abbott Elementary and I could, again, talk to you forever. But this must be, what is this like now? Because Abbott Elementary is so fucking good. It's so brilliant, so funny. You're all hilarious. I'm trying to get the whole cast on this show because I just think yeah. every Quinta, uh, Janelle James to me is the funniest it's human everything. ever. And you're all so good and the chemistry, not a weak, weak link in the bunch, but what, so what's it like now? Are you, can you tell how people are loving it? You're only in the first season, but there's still such a fever pitch to it. Well, I have to say first and foremost, Quinta Brunson is a miracle of a person. She created it and she's, she's the lead of it. She yes. created it. She is, you know, owns that voice based on her mother's experiences in Philly and when I read the script, first of all, I laughed and cried. Um, and I don't laugh at, at comedy scripts, in particular network comedy scripts. But she so nailed that voice. And, you know, we were D.C. area, but my mother was a teacher in D.C. public schools and we're Sicilian. So I'm like, oh, my God, it's like somebody wrote a part for me. And, and so I had such a good time with it. But when we were shooting the pilot, we all felt it. We There was such a, a chemistry, such an energy that we didn't want to talk about it because we didn't want to like jinx it. But we were like, is anybody like, we're, like we weren't even worried about whether or not I was going to get picked up, Danny. Like usually you do a show and you're like, well, we don't know. We think it's good, but who knows what the network's going to want. We were like, if they don't want it, somebody else will. It was a good show. And it, the time was right. She, the fact that we're honoring teachers at a time when they have been so roughed up and just in terms of the, the how we're doing at home te- you know schooling and then kids coming back and them being frontline workers and not being respected and what's going on politically with them and everything for us to just embrace them and say we see you as full human beings you're not miracle workers you're not uh you know stand by me not everything is a story of inspiration but it is it's like little mm-hmm. daily doses of inspiration and we all have that teacher that we remember that that made a difference in our lives. Um, or maybe it's more than one if you're lucky. And and that's who these people are, little daily inspirations to these kids. And she and Quinta is also, again, with kindness, one of the kindest people I've ever met. Cares about everybody, does the wardrobe like Nancy, does everything. You turn around and she's got her executive producer fingers in everything and having done her job being like in charge of a, of a sitcom and co-creating it. I I'm in awe of her. I didn't do nearly as good a job as she did. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned the heart of it and that's what I find so compelling because your characters get to be so funny. And I mean, some of the, some of your characters' lines are hysterically funny, but then you also get these moments. Like there was an episode a couple of weeks ago where you're, you buy all these books for your classroom and, and you're explaining how this Peter, I think it was Peter rabbit, right? It was Peter rabbit. Um, and you get to have this really heartfelt emotional moment too. And, and I think that's, it's rare in sitcoms, particularly net, network sitcoms. And it's the first time in, in years, I think, since maybe a modern family or the office or something where 
I look forward to it so much every week and it feels like such a release watching it. And it's the only time I have those out loud laughs watching a show, but then can also feel something. I I watched the episode last night and there are beats that I don't see because I'm not in the scene when they shoot it or I I don't see the camera angle that they're whipping to. And I am surprised and I laugh out loud, which makes me know that you know, of course, I read the comments online, too. People are responding in that way. And that's wonderful. But what you said is the important part. Those are there's laugh out loud moments with, you know, Janelle James doing just the most out. She has such joy. So funny. Ridiculous, outrageous character. And I said that to her week one. There's joy in what you're doing. She doesn't care that she's self-involved. She's it's beautiful. But the moment that you were talking about with the plate where Melissa, who's a hard ass, she's the South Philly, like you guys aren't going to, you know, w- what's with the cameras? Like that's her. But in this beat, she's saying, this is the first thing that I did that my kids liked. And, um, and I knew, I mean, that's why Quinta put it in there. Cause in order for you to care whether or not this woman is having her project trashed by this newcomer, you have to see that, it's because her emotion is connected to how her children, her babies responded to it the very first year that she was a teacher. And that's why it's important. So yeah, I'm doing it. I, I know why it's important and, and how to play. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, how many episodes are we getting? What? How many episodes are we getting? this season do you know so when we got picked up we knew that we were going to come in later which i'm happy about because you don't want to cut through all the noise at the beginning of the year and everybody was home for the for break so we did 13 she would not even discuss about extending and doing more she was like no she wants her writers to really write them well which they oh, i like that so we're we didn't even talk about extending this season and we feel pretty confident Oh, for sure. It's being picked up. You, but they haven't announced it yet, but it for sure. I feel like it's just so in the zeitgeist right now. Everyone I know that is in the comedy community or, or the entertainment, like people are just obsessed with that. And myself included, I just cannot recommend it enough. I, it's the most brilliant thing on television right now. And the joy that we kind of all, I think, need. And laugh out loud. Really, we know how blessed we are. We know how um, intangible, whether or not something is a hit. Or, and it's not that other things aren't good or whatever. It's just for whatever reason, the time was right. And our chemistry as a cast really works. And that's also Quinta. She picked people specifically. And she knew who she wanted. It was, Did you know um, any of the cast beforehand? Like I know Janelle James had worked with Sherry Shepard, who I know you're also very close with. So I, did you know any? I did not know Janelle because her she was out of stand-up, but I had not been doing stand-up through the entire break. And in fact, I'm just now ramping up again, doing it like two, three times a week. Um, and she's also out of New York. So I didn't know Janelle. I knew Quinta from her stuff online and from Black Lady Sketch Show, which I loved. So good. But I didn't yeah. know her personally. And Cheryl Lee, I had met at a couple of like charity events. But we weren't friends. Now we and are. Cheryl, Cheryl we Lee Ralph. Cheryl We're- Lee Ralph, Lisa, is also, I mean, we didn't even mention her, but she's just an icon. Like she's so, she's always so good in everything she does. She's an original dream girl. What, yeah. what more do you want from that? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know what's interesting? Because I just, and then I know we have to go, but I have to sing the praises of everyone. Tyler, James Williams, who was um, Everybody Hates Chris. So handsome now, too. Like, love with him. He's such a good actor. Can I just tell you, he did so. I consider myself pretty um, layered with what I do. I watch him and I go, "Who who are you studying with? Like, I want to go take lessons from whoever you're studying with. He's so good. He doesn't force a moment. Everything is true. He's he's wonderful. And Christopher Fetty, who comes out of, we have a mutual friend, um, uh, John Benjamin Hickey. I didn't, uh, he was my best friend in my original uh, Fox show. And okay. then Rupert Murdoch was like, I don't want her to have a gay best friend. I don't think America's ready. Um, can he be black? This is a true story. Meanwhile, that the next year, Bill and Grace. So, but anyway, I knew John Benjamin Hickey was friends with Chris, and Chris is a wonderful actor out uh, from stage in New York. And people weren't really—it's uh, not they weren't responding to his character, but they were making it like he was the goofy white guy. And then the episode airs this week, and they're like, "Oh no, I get it." And he is like, "She needs to listen to what he has to say." Jacob's on it. Like, I like him now. I did. Was he gay? I didn't yeah. know he was. Gay. How come I didn't know he was gay? And it was like. Because she just wrote a character. She didn't write a gay character. And I loved, I, I, I love that it, this was revealed this week because I just thought it was so smart to bring that in to make it not the center of that, who that character was. And it also made us, yeah, it felt like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. But also we got to see new sides of him and yeah, right. it's just- everybody has their little moments in in different episodes. Like there might be one episode where I don't, I'm not very heavy, and then there's two in a row where I'm in the story or the B story, and everybody has moments where you find out a little bit more about their character. And I, I people are responding. To it. it must must just be so exciting and so fun to do that show because it looks like you're all having a blast, and it also 
I think it's going to be a show as long as all of you want to still do it. It's going to be one of those shows that's going to be a long, a long run because it's just, it's brilliant. Would you want to do it for a while? Like, you know what? I'm not supposed to say yes, because you're supposed to negotiate for more money, but I would not mind spending a while with these people. And what would you want to happen with Melissa? Is there anything on like the bucket list or something that uh, for your character, you'd like her to do X, Y, or Z? I, I just think that she's got to find love at some point. And be afraid of it and and still go for it anyway and get her heart broken and be mad and want to do a drive by with Cheryl and then fall in love again. I mean, I think I think love is a very important thing. And maybe I'm hoping for that in real life, too. So I'm kind of hoping for the character. I love that. Lisa, this was such a delight to get to talk to you. I think so many of your characters and, and just getting to talk to you have such have your warm spirit. And I think it's just a it's it's not an acting thing. It's just your spirit shining through in a lot of these characters. And so I thank you for bringing them to life. And I'm so excited to watch you more on Abbott elementary and thank you for taking the time. And Oh, I do ask every single guest, this cheesy question, your favorite Mariah Carey song. I ask all of my guests. I didn't want to forget. You know what? I'm sitting here going beautiful, but that's Christina. She's got a song called beautiful with Miguel. We could say that. Okay, well, let's say that then. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, anything else you want to plug or tell people where they can find you, see you on your no, stand-up? Social media and talk to me. A lot of times I answer back, Lisa and Walter. No E on Ann, Walter, no S. And stand-up is um, Laugh Factory and wherever they're going to book me, which I have no idea. I'm going to come see you. I need to come come see you live. Wow, you're my guest. You're on the Th- list. Thank you so much, Lisa. What a delight. I appreciate it. You are a delight. Bye, hon. 